Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, welcome to Nature Biotechnology's First Rounders podcast. I'm the host of this show, and my name is Brady Huggett. And uh, Happy New Year. It's a little late to be saying that, but I didn't put one out in January, so it's my first chance. Happy 2022. I hope yours is off to a good start. Mine is. It's, it's fine. So the guest today is Ingmar Herr. He is the former CEO and a co-founder of a company called CureVac. And most likely you remember this company's name for two main reasons. One is they were in the thick of the efforts to make a vaccine against COVID-19 using messenger RNA technology. Same as BioNTech and Moderna, CureVac is an RNA company. They've always been an RNA company. They were founded as an RNA company. And they were uh, developing a vaccine for COVID-19, which eventually failed in trials. Now, we did not talk about that on this podcast. And the reason is, is because Ingmar was not the CEO when those events unfolded. He stepped down from the CEO role in 2018, and he was on the advisory board, but he was no longer acting CEO. Now, the second reason you might remember CureVac, or maybe Ingmar's name, is because early in the pandemic, early in 2020, there were reports in German newspapers and also U.S. papers, including uh, the New York Times, that then-president at the time, Donald Trump, had met with many biopharma leaders, including the CEO of CureVac, a man named Daniel Manichella, and had made overtures to buy the company to at least buy the R&D behind the COVID-19 vaccine, to bring that to the U.S., to hoard the technology or hoard any vaccines that may be produced for Americans first or maybe Americans only. And amidst all this, Daniel was removed as CEO and Ingmar was placed back in the CEO post. And there were all these thoughts about, well, the the company needs to have a German running it. That's, uh, there's this U.S. president is trying to buy this company and bring it to to the U.S. and we need to have a German running things. None of that is true, says Ingmar. He said the, um, the plan to have him return to the CEO post had been in place for a long time. They wanted a scientist, the founding scientist, to run the company as they were trying to develop a vaccine. So we talked about that in this podcast. But also, he was only CEO in this second time for a very short period. He had a medical issue that put him into the hospital for weeks. He had a brain aneurysm. He had a long recovery after that. And we talked about that in this podcast, too, about... What happens to you when you are shown your own mortality in such a specific way? When you almost die, as Ingmar did, how does that change your outlook on life? Uh, What's different on the other side? We talked about that. So all that is in this podcast. I really enjoyed this talk. He is an open-hearted man. He's loquacious. Uh, I I, I really like talking to him. I think you'll enjoy listening to this, too. And I think that's all you need to know. So here it is, your first Rounders podcast with Ingmar Herr. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Listen up. Hello? Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Very good. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. clear and loudly, yeah. It's good to see you. Yeah, so where are you placed in the States? Where, where I'm in New York. New York, okay. Yeah. Good, yeah. 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 I was, I was uh, looking back at that, that paper that you wrote for us, mm -hmm. and uh, I realized that I don't, I don't even actually know, you know where you grew up in Germany. Well, nearby, nearby Tübingen, so not too far. Oh, you so did? I'm a, okay. I, I, I'm a homie, yeah. <laughs> and you were born there? In, yeah, in the, in the area. Not exactly in Tübingen, but in the area, yeah, the Stuttgart area. Oh, Stuttgart, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 And I, I was also thinking about this, like, I wondered how you got interested in science in the first place, as far back as when you were a boy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's just a school, you know, there, there wasn't any other place where I get addicted to science it was the schooling and it was especially chemistry and uh, physics in the in the end uh, not biology the primary uh, things but i was very interested in natural sciences so yeah and this was uh, during my my full uh, school career that i was interested in sciences and and then i decided to start biology but at that times in the 80s everybody was uh, into ecology you know safe safety nature uh, oh, interesting. environmental problems things like that so i also was attached to this community and i was thinking well let's do is something in biology and protect nature so this was the beginning nothing but with genetics or with something like that yeah so you just naturally were interested in science. Did your? I wondered if your family, anyone in your family, was in science or a professor well, or anything like that. Yes, yes. My my uncle, uh, Professor Engelmann, he was a professor in uh, in, in biorhythmics in the end, and and he was also doing journeys, uh, for example, to Greenland, where he was in dark the whole winter time uh, in oh, the dark wow. because he wants to analyze when he takes some medications how is his rhythmics rhythmics affected. So he never knew whether it's, it's, it's night or day. So. And this was quite fascinating uh, to me as a young boy, uh, hearing his stories there. Uh, he would tell you about it, and you thought that's yeah, yeah. the coolest thing. Yeah, it's a, it's one of the coolest things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, is that why you think you know you you said you're sort of interested in the natural science in the beginning for reasons like that? You were hearing about these stories, how the body works, uh, circadian rhythms. Well, in the end, you know, the, the, the major impact uh, to my decision was really nature, uh, the nature of problems, ecology and things like that, safe nature, something like that. So I, I'm, this was kind of a decade maybe in Germany in, in the 80s, 90s, where uh, this was a hot topic for all of us, uh, the young, young generation. I was also into that. I was also, you know, doing here some animal rescue things, you know, some frogs uh, going through the streets uh, and uh, so to rescue the frogs before they could, <laughs> before they were overthrown. So um, this was kind of things uh, which I was attached to. And uh, this was also the attempt when I started uh, my studies in biology. You know, I was also very interested in Hans Haas, you know, the diving pioneer, the Austrian diving pioneer, Hans Haas. He was no. not, not maybe more uh, Chuck Cousteau, um, but um, Kansas was also very famous in Germany. He was the first guy who was diving uh, and also bringing diving to the media. So he had a lot of uh, movies uh, where he was in the Red Sea with his uh, wife. Uh, so and and Hans Hass um, also somehow. Uh, Put something to me where I have seen all the pictures uh, of the sharks there and uh, about adventure. So I was also into into this uh, marine biology at the beginning. So you know? he was doing like scuba diving or deep scuba deep diving. Sea? Yeah. Oh. Actually, he actually he invented scuba diving. He was the first person 
going with uh, oxygen uh, into into the sea, right? Yeah. Yeah. You you said that. Yeah. You, know, you mean literally? You would be like, there's a frog in the road. We have to stop traffic and get the frog out of the road. That sort of exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's ah, what so you, beginning. <laughs> you've got a big heart then. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All frogs, they laughed me. <laughs> yeah. So right. you're you're in high school, and uh, you know you're thinking like, well, I, I want to have I want to have a life in science. I'm going to go to college for I don't know. Were you thinking biology at that point? Well, yeah. It, it came to me during the high school that I was really attached to biology. Uh, although, as I told you know, natural sciences uh, were also quite interesting for me. But I, I really want to want to get something. Uh, some, 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 somehow in ecology, somehow to rescue animals, things like that. You know, this, this boyish thinkings, girlish thinkings about nature. So this was the, the beginning of my um, start in biology. But then, you know, when, when things were starting at university, I was also quite uh, taught that, um, you know, I had to, 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 um, to picture a lot of plants and things like that. I have to picture animals and things like that. So I wasn't really into this subject. So then really soon I went into microbiology and into genetics. Uh, this was more interesting to me, but it was far away from uh, the marine biology. I was up on at the beginning. Yeah. Well, wh why was that more interesting for you? Well, because you can't see things, you know, you have to estimate more uh, the things um, and you can also calculate uh, more and uh, also, interestingly, you know, um, I was also really uh, interested in the dangers of these microbes, you know, in, in leprosy, for example, or rabies, things like that. So I was really fascinated how the human organism is fighting against the microbes. And I want to really want to be part of it, you know, about the knowledge, how we can protect uh, this, um, the infections and things like that. Exactly what we're in today with COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're saying that the kind of the... The idea, almost like the mystery of it, you couldn't see these things with the naked eye. No. And that was fascinating no. to you, that this whole that thing existed. It was fascinating. That yeah. You really have to go in and uh, you have to, you know, you have to analyze uh, what you see and how it counts to, together uh, to get a whole picture. And this was really in interesting to me. Exactly. Yeah. So wh where did you go for your undergrad? Well, I was at always Tübingen. So uh -huh. first, okay. as, as I told you, I wanted to have marine biology. So therefore, I was looking for the north part of Germany, Hamburg or Bremen, where I could study that. But we couldn't afford that. Uh, so I had to live uh, in my parents' apartment, um, which was nearby Tübingen. So I, I started in Tübingen at, for this reason. So it was not uh, by heart. It was just by by the circumstances. Um, uh -huh. So, and, and then also I, I was used to work uh, during holidays, uh, university holidays. I, I had to work to get money for my, uh, for, for my, for my studies. So therefore it, it was really a, a hard way at the beginning for me. Um, and, and that was the reason why I was attaching to Tübingen. And also uh, then Tübingen is very strong in genetics and microbiology. And also uh, one of the reasons why I was attracted to these subjects in the end. Right, so you thought, well, that's a, it's a good program. But also, it's close to home. I can stay at home. I can work to get exactly. money for school. Yeah. Exactly. What did your What did your parents do for jobs? Well, uh, my 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 uh, father was an engineer, and my mother was a housewife. So uh, nothing special. So ordinary jobs. Yeah. What, what kind of engineer? Uh, Mittel. So he was constructing mechanical. Uh, yeah, mechanical. He was constructing windows for for huge buildings. This was uh. his job. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's kind of. I mean, that's kind of cool. That's sciencey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially Frankfurt. When I was a small boy, uh, he went with me to Frankfurt where you see the skyscrapers. So it's a mini New York, you know, a mini Manhattan. I've been there. But yeah, there's a lot of new. There. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and he was also uh, involved in one of these buildings. So we went to the rooftop and uh, I looked down and it was really fascinating what my dad is doing here. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Cool. Okay, so you, you stayed right for the University of Tübingen for your PhD. You went right from undergrad into your PhD program? Exactly, exactly. But uh, I stayed also one year in India. Um, so I, of course, I wanted to get out of, of Tübingen uh, somewhere in, in my studies. And uh, after my uh, diploma, I went for studies uh, outside uh, Tübingen. I went to Madurai Kamaraj University in Tamil Nadu, southern, southern state in, in, in India, where I had connections through my uncle. And uh, they were working on leprosy. 
which was mm. really interesting. So you can see they're all already that the swip into 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 medical issues uh, back from marine bio, bio, marine, marine bioscience into this really uh, interesting diseases stuff. So and and this leprosy project was also interested interesting for us because we were analyzing a lot of probes, but they also went to the villages collecting blood from patients, but also from uh, neighbors of the patients. They want to look whether neighbors they get um, or healthy family contacts whether they have antibodies in the blood. So this was my work collecting the blood in the villages um, outside of the big city of Madurai uh, uh, and getting uh, back to uh, the lab and and analyzing the samples this was interesting how early into your PhD program was that well this was not a not a PhD program it was, oh, a it was before uh, program. It was one one year exchange you know it was just a project uh, nothing uh, for my curriculum uh, or uh-huh. for my for my so so no no this was just my 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 personal decision. I wanted to go for one year to India or to this country like India, where I can do something uh, and contribute to something um, with my knowledge from biology studies in Tübingen, and this was a leprosy project. So th- this um so that's like the first time really that you'd been outside of Tübingen, maybe the first time out of Germany. I don't know. No, no, no. Um, after my uh, graduation in school, 88, uh, I went to India for three months already. So I, I was deciding, you know, I want to go alone, uh, just my backpack and me and going to India, uh, a very strange uh, country. Uh, and it was a kind of survival trip, you know, <laughs> it wasn't really easy with less money. Um, but uh, I was really attracted to this country and I laughed, I laughed really. And I, I, I was really Somehow it was a trigger in me, so therefore I have to go yearly, more or less yearly. No, it's not possible in COVID, but before that I was really yearly, nearly yearly uh, in India, oh. Uh, oh, doing, oh, doing oh. my things there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a wh- backpack. Wh- <laughs> why? Um, oh, every year. Every you would, year you would backpack. backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. In trains, you know, in buses, crowded buses, things like that. It, 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 yeah, it, it somehow it was really fascinating. Also to see, you know, uh, how the ordinary people live in India. Yeah, so. Um, I was also in cheap hotels uh, because I didn't have enough money for sure. But on the other hand, uh, I think it was fair, you know, I live like the Indians, you know, yeah. not in, in the Hiltons uh, and going yeah. to the cheap hotels. Yeah. yeah. So why, why, why do you think you wanted to do that back in 1988? It's just, just to see the world because you were young, you wanted to get out in the world or, or what? Yeah. Yeah, so somehow, yes, exactly. So I, I was looking for something exotic. So it could also have been the Caribbean or, or Australia or something like that. But but uh, somehow this this um, the, the flight to India was uh, somehow affordable for me. It's not too far. Um, I also had connections to India through my uncle, Your uncle. Uh, the yeah. professor. Yeah, he knew some guys there, some natural scientists there in India. Uh, and the first week, also one of these guys took care of me so it was also good kind of onboarding thing in india which was nice um and um, yeah but when i was in india i was really first uh, of all uh knowing what 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 does it mean you know the culture i I wasn't really prepared for this culture cultural thing you know all the the hinduism uh and how people live together uh and also the values of the people uh, and the poverty exactly you know you mm-hmm. can really see the poverty there uh, which also is a, a big challenge for you how how to 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 deal with that you know um you can't help everybody you know you have to find your own way how to deal with the poverty around you every every day every hour so this was uh, for a young man like me this was a real challenge um and and somehow i i feel comfortable in this country i also met other people's uh, they disappeared very soon again. They, they couldn't. They couldn't cover this, you know. And but but I was. Um, I, I can. I could do that. I could live with that. I could find my own way how to to to, to deal with that. Yeah. You mean they they were sort of overcome by the culture shock? Exactly. Or... It was a culture shock, and they never uh, overcome their their culture shock. They could never adapt to 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 the Indian culture, to poverty, and also to to diseases. You know, uh, of uh-huh. course, you get that diarrhea and and things like that. Uh, so it's 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 you have to be very careful. You know, and uh, you can't avoid it in the end. Everybody gets uh, yeah. somehow sick at, at least once. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> it goes through to this kind of thing. So yeah, um, that's that's. Um, it's, it's, you know, if you meet people uh, who've been in India, uh, they, they're going to hate it or they love it. There's nothing in between. There's nothing, you know, yeah, India, Italy, uh, things like that. So it, it, it's really like that. They hate it or they love it. You love it. Nothing in between. I love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So for, for you, it was, you were going to go someplace that was 
not Germany, not not Europe. You wanted to go someplace and see new things, wherever yeah. that was, and you landed on India because you had that uncle that could sort of help get you yeah. into the. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so so when you return from that, then you're in your PhD program, and I'm wondering how. I th- I think if if I remember correctly, you were studying under people who were already looking at RNA. Well, um, actually, I I. Uh... You know, I, I did my diploma with Hans, uh, with, with Günther Jung, a chemist in, uh, mm-hmm. in at the university, because I was looking who who gonna pay for my diploma thesis. You know, um, as a biologist, you don't normally you don't get money for that, but I needed the money uh, because I didn't have enough money by myself. So I was looking who's gonna pay for my diploma thesis, and the only guys who could afford to pay for that were the chemists. So therefore, I went as a biologist in the chemistry department, asking Günther Jung. You know, I'm a I'm a biologist, but I can maybe trans- transfer some chemistry findings into biology. I can do that for you, whether you, you want to pay for for, the, for my diploma thesis. And therefore, the first project was an antifungal protein, so a protein which was uh, against fungi. Um, and so this was my first project. And and then I, I stayed with uh, Günther Jung, and then Günther Jung told me told me, well, uh, in the in the nineties, you worked together with Hans Georg Ramensee, immunologist very famous immunologist in Germany, where I discovered the peptides, MLC peptides. Um, so um, and, and uh, so Hans-Georg was isolating the peptides and Günther Jung was uh, ana- analyzing the peptides, you know, and getting the sequences. So they also published in Nature the sequence of the MHC peptides, class one, MHC class one peptides. So and this was a strong alliance and I jumped into this, you know, so I, I told Günther, I work with you, but I want to get uh, also Hans, Hans-Georg uh, 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 attached to me as well. So therefore, it was a kind of joint venture with me and uh, or Günther and Hans-Georg. And then we were thinking, you know, where we can go. And Hans-Georg at that time was at a conference in the U.S. where Eli Gilboa uh, was talking about RNA transfection of dendritic cells. So. And he was listening to this lecture, and then he came back saying, hey, "Ingmar, uh, you should do this. To, should, we should try the same. You know, um, we should analyze dendritic cells, then transfect dendritic cells with DNA or with RNA, and then we reinject dendritic cells in mice. Let's do let's let's do that. That's that, that's your PhD project." So I was thinking, "Well, okay, uh, fine. Let's jump on that." So. And then I was also thinking, and Hansgeo told me, well, you can also use um, RNA as a control. You know, you can use liposome, uh, uh, transfer, liposome encapsulated RNA, transfect that as well, and a direct transfection into the um, into the mice. Or you can use also naked RNA as a negative control. I was doing that, you know, and this was more the key experiment where I was doing uh, liposome encapsulated RNA versus naked RNA. And I learned that the naked RNA, the negative control, was best, exactly. So it was giving the highest immune response, um, higher than the liposome and trapped RNA. You also discovered, I think, that the naked RNA was not getting broken down, which I think everybody no. thought it would get yeah. quickly broken down. And, exactly. and how? Why exactly. were the nucleases not not doing well, that? Well, yeah, it's 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 exactly. So therefore, it was a negative control. It shouldn't work. Right. And 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 so we discovered what what's the reason why the RNA uh, is is stable. The reason was because of the pressure of the syringe pressure into the cells. RNA gets immediately uptaken by the cells. And once it's inside the cell, you know, it's it's therefore an, a, like a like a natural RNA stabilized. And um, so the thing is. The majority of the RNA gets degraded outside the cells, but the minority uh-huh. of the RNA gets inside the cell. It's still enough to make the protein, and that's what we measured at the end. We measured Got the it. protein. Yeah. So um, and and also you know the dogma you never should work with RNA. Okay, RNA RNA gets gets uh, decayed uh, within seconds, and even if you if you if you, if you breathe through air, you're breathing going in, into these reaction cups, um, then RNA gets degraded. So I was also using uh, mouse Mundschutz uh, uh, in Germany, uh, mouse protection um, to avoid the breathing. And but in the end, you know, it's 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 completely stable. It's it's nonsense. You can really work uh, with RNA like with DNA. You can even heat up RNA much higher than any protein. You can heat it up and can boil it. You know, uh, it's a really sta- chemically really stable protein. And the, the first thing I really had to learn that chemically it's a real stable protein. So it's just because of nature. Nature is something invented to get rid of the stable stability of the RNA. That's the reason why RNA was regarded, regarded as unstable. But it, it has to be in the cell for all these properties to be. It has to be in. Once you've get it, got it in the cell, it's very stable. You can heat it to high temperatures, yeah. etc. And you have 
you have to avoid the RNases around, you know. Uh, of yeah. course, RNAs should be avo av uh, avoided. But once there's no RNAs environment, uh, then it's really stable. It's one of the most stable proteins uh, or, or, or molecules I, I, ever, I ever saw somehow. And, and I, I boiled RNAs for hours, for example. I was doing just the experiment, you know, how, how long you can boil RNA. I boiled it maybe for four hours or five hours. It was still active at the end. So it's not, wow. not degraded. Yeah. And this became the concept that you built CureVac around or founded CureVac around yeah. with, with your two professors, correct? With my two professors, exactly. Um, but uh, of course, uh, they couldn't spend a lot of money into that uh, venture, even either, either we, um, Florian and me, so my, my co-founder. So at the beginning, it was kind of a journey with um, mon money in the pockets, more or less. You know, we got a small, uh, um, in, in, we got a small uh, investment from the Baden-Württemberg uh, government um, for called Young Innovators. This was a kind of award for students after the university training just to stay uh, one or two years at the university and try whether the idea or something gets gets them to some something and and this was exactly what we were doing as well and also we um we, we had no interest at all from any uh, venture capital company you know it's, yeah. it's 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 i don't know whether this would have been in boston uh, or new york area uh, for us uh, we 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 we, know, we we knew nothing about founding a company. You know, uh, this was not in our culture. Actually, Germany has no founding culture. That's that's also something uh, we really have to now. Um, we have really to 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 bring over into to Europe that um, more and more people are thinking about founding a company and not just thinking about their, their own jobs in a big pharma company. But this is another topic. So for us um, at, at the university, it was really a kind of survival thing. And the first thing, uh, because we are Swabian and Swabian uh, people. People are very strong people in Germany. So we were thinking, you know, we should sell something uh, where we get money from. So we were thinking, well, we make, make customized RNA molecules, you know, for research purposes. So this was our first thing. So we created a website um, where um, everybody can now order RNA from us, the RNA people. So at that time, we were decurving uh, the RNA people because we were service business driven. Who are you selling to? Well, there were some, uh, you know, academias um, because it's it's kind of messy to make the RNA all the time, you know. Um, so it's it's easier just to to purchase the RNA from somewhere. So this was the reason why people wanted to avoid that their working uh, steps with with RNA. They just want to go straight straight to their experiments with RNA. So we we had customers quite quite a lot in in whole uh, Germany. Um, and they gave us a sequence and, and they were, were doing a, a DNA plasmid and then we were transcribing the RNA from it and we were sending the RNA, purifying the RNA, sending out. This was a good learning for us, um, you yeah, know, yeah. To, yeah. To, 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 um, to satisfy customers, you know, also uh, if you have pressure to be timely and uh, you'll be cost effective, things like that. So this was maybe the good thing for us that we really had to learn it from the scratch. It was yeah. not a big investor, you know, uh, giving us some money and uh, buying big cars and, hey, we are, <laughs> we are strong and we can revolutionize. Nothing like that, you know. It was really a kind of small, tiny company. I think, you know, we've talked about this before, how this was, so this was, a, as you said, there wasn't a big founding culture in Germany at the time. There were yeah. not any venture capitalists, particularly ones who were interested in something that was really risky like this. There were not any, there were no RNA companies. So if you go out on a roadshow trying to raise money, these these venture capitalists, the, the few that you could find, had no interest at all. No, not at all. And this not is a really difficult thing to found. I could, you know, I hate this term innovation because it's sort of overused. But this was an innovative company, yeah. and you know, as you said, if you'd been in in Boston, it might have been different. But it's quite hard, and still is quite hard to start Never companies know. like this in Germany. Never know. It's also there that, that Boston is also a health community. You know, when, when somebody finds something interesting, everybody jumps on that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you always need a kind of scientific uh, hero who, who, who detects something new and then uh, the whole crowd was jumping or is jumping behind him. Um, so I don't know whether we could have attracted this kind of hero because nobody was interested at the time in yeah. um in RNA, also in nature, there, there weren't a lot of articles on on, on therapeutic RNA uh, at all. It was all about plasmids and DNA and adenoviruses, things like that. You know, this was a, the big splash, but RNA was kind of a niche, um, very small niche. We're talking the late 1990s here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I know that um, you had a, uh, a like maybe like a seed investor who who was going to put money in, but then pulled out. <laughs> sort of got, I think you said they got cold feet and pulled out. And yeah. so, you know, over and over, you're thinking, how are we going to make this thing go? We don't, we don't have any funds. And eventually yeah. you did get a venture round to tell me about yeah. that. Well, yeah. Um, 
So first of all, you're right. So we had an angel investor, which was a devil investor in the end, because he was talking, 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 uh, talking this money from one day to the other out. Uh, so we, we then had to get a, um, a money from the local bank here in Tübingen, the Kreisbergasse. They gave us a credit, uh, and and without the Kreisbergasse, we wouldn't have survived. You know, we would have been completely bankrupt. Bankrupt. So this is was, uh, you know, this this guy was uh, thinking, you know, um, maybe there's something interesting in the story. And, and I, I will go with the guys to the venture companies. And then he, he accompanied us, accompanied us uh, to the venture companies. And, and then he knew the, the feedbacks of the venture guys saying, well, not interested. Completely stupid guys, you know, young guys that they don't really know what they do and things like that. So then he, he get cold feet and then he jumped out from the next day, you know. <laughs> but in the end, you know, we also were crazy at that time. You know, we didn't really yeah. know anything about business and things like yeah. that. For sure. So I he, can understand. he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't right, but he wasn't wrong either. He wasn't right. He wasn't wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but he could have killed us, and uh, this was quite a very bad bad behavior, I have to say. You know. So you you went yeah. to the you went to your local bank and said, yeah. we we just need money for this company we founded that we can't even really tell you what we're going to produce, and they said yes. Well, yeah, uh, we had to say we have we have to pay back this business devil. You know, we need money for paying back uh, the guy. Uh, and, and they, they were telling us, okay, uh, I hear you, how much you, you want. And I think it was maybe 100,000 euros, something like that. So not too much, um, but for to us, pay, as, yeah. That was to, to pay, pay to the, the angel, yeah. the devil, So maybe, as you maybe said. he invested about 90,000 euros. I don't know exactly the amount, uh, but it wasn't more than like that. It was kind of a really small amount. And you and, spent it. And we spent already, of course. Yeah, we, right. Okay. And then you needed all, to repay all the equipment, him. Uh, and, yeah. and we, we we also had to uh, send some salaries and things like that. Not for us, but from our employees. So yeah, we, we the money was gone already. You know, <laughs> there was no choice. Oh my God. So so we went there to the bank and say, well, we have, we have no money. And I was saying, how much? You know, and then we say about hundred thousand. And and you know, I I know really the words in in my in my in my mind uh, today. But then he was looking at me and say, you're a PhD, you know, you're a biologist. Uh, well, we give you 100,000 because I'm sure you will find a job. Even if Quebec <laughs> is not going, you will find a job and pay us back. In the next 10 years, you, you, you find a solution to pay back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was right. Yeah. He was right. Okay. So then you, I know you get this, I think Leonardo Ventures gave you a, a, a little round, like 2.3 million euros or something yeah. like that to get it going. Yeah. yeah. But the, the big deal is you met the the founder of Lion Biosciences. Friedrich, yeah. Yeah so, yeah, so just take me through that. Who is he? I mean, for those who don't know, yeah. Lion was a huge company in Germany, like the flagship biotech company in Germany. So this person knew what biotech was. Exactly, exactly. Well, yes, um, he, he, he's also an entrepreneur and a visionary. Um, and he's, he's, he's also maybe promising a, a lot of things, uh, which then uh, not that easily happen. That's also some of the things. So, uh, but, but again, as, as entrepreneur, it's always like that. It's a, it's a, it's a really narrow border where you jump over or not, you know? Um, but, um, at that time, Friedrich also, um, was punished, um, by his, um, stockholders, um, because, um, Lion was then close to insolvency or it was insolvent, uh, bankrupt. So, um, and then he, he disappeared from, uh, from, from the mirror or from 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 the spotlights uh, here mm -hmm. in Germany, um, and and this was the the time point when we met um, a, a lawyer of his former company Lion, Sven Riedmüller. He's a German, but working at a, it, it, in, in the US. Uh, he's he's also a university pro professor, I think, in uh, not in Harvard. Um, well, I come later to that. But he, he's, he's, you know, he's somebody, you know, um, he, he stayed in the States at that time and he was representing Lion in the States. So, so this was his job. And uh, my, my co-founder, Wolfgang Klein, he went to the States um, for, for a kind of uh, investment uh, travel and investment round. Um, and uh, he met Sven Riedmüller somewhere at the location. And Sven told uh, Wolfgang, we should meet Friedrich. Yeah. Friedrich is is completely into new things and he's thinking where to invest and things like that. So that was the first approach to Friedrich, um, where we sent a, a small business plan and a, a small story, you know. And when he came to Tübingen with his friend Christana, um, a friend from 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 Switzerland, uh, a UBS banker, um, 
it, it was it, it was really interesting to see him you know when he came to the room he was jumping uh, um, uh, you know uh, leaving back me and he was jumping he was the first at the, at the room you know sitting and looking like this uh, I, I don't I don't want to see I only want to see facts you know I don't want to look at you I don't want to look at here I want to just see facts because he knew already that uh, he could get attached to things you know and then mm -hmm. he could exaggerate uh, quite easily and, and also his friend Chris uh, was there to protect Friedrich from his <laughs> mind this was exactly the reason why he was there so and it took me only 10 minutes really to to get his eyes like this you know uh, when I was saying hey Friedrich um, we're working with RNA RNA is like a language to the body you know uh, and uh, we could uh, literally um, decode uh, um, um, translate everything every protein everything you know we can go into vaccines we can go into into protein replacement we can go in every everything and we also have data there we have data from mice we have data from cells you know the only thing we need now money to build a GMP facility to start clinical trials that's uh -huh. the thing what we're looking for and then um, he was really understanding this thing. He said, well, well, you can do everything, you know, that, that's a real revolution. That's a revolution. RNA is the revolution. It's the next thing, big thing to come. This was Friedrich Friedrich. So, and, and, and then, uh, you know, uh, it was clear for, for me uh, um, that he was in, that's going to invest his money into, into CureVac. Um, yeah. First 15 minutes, it was clear to me that he was, he was just going to do that. <laughs> so you're, you're saying he did not want to talk he didn't want to get caught up in the personalities in the room. He only wanted yeah. to see the science. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you found your right investor for that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was his assumption, uh, but he, he, he was caught uh, after 10 minutes. He was caught. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And in he, his personal relations. Yeah. He uh, led you to, to Dittmar Hopp, another yeah. huge, huge name in German folklore, right? This is a, well, you, you, tell, you tell me who Dittmar Hopp was. Yeah, he's, he's the SAP founder, so it's a German big uh, software company, uh, yeah. smaller than Microsoft, but also um, one of the biggest and largest in Germany, although in Europe, we have to say. Um, and he was also a garage founder, um, so he invented, um, maybe like Bill Gates, uh, the same the same, uh, the same, same way, you know, he invented uh, stuff in his garage and uh, he, he grew this company to a, to a billion company uh, in Germany. So this is a really um, interesting guy. Um, and, uh, and and Friedrich um, was, um, and I, I think he had a meeting with uh, Dietmar Hopp, with a friend of Dietmar, uh, who uh, introduced Friedrich to, um, to Dietmar. And Dietmar was at a stage saying, well, I have a lot of money. Um, I want to invest money into interesting companies. Can you help me in that, especially in biotech? I don't have a clue what biotech is, so please help me here. And there was a reason that uh, Friedrich was scouting for companies but this was after his meeting with CureVac so this was after so in CureVac he was investing his private money um, in mm -hmm. CureVac so and then uh, in the next upcoming months then he was meeting uh, Diet, uh, Friedrich uh, then he was meeting Dietmar of course the first company he was bringing to uh, Dietmar was CureVac so uh, so it was quite easy for for us uh, to have this jump start when Friedrich was uh, protecting at, uh, us and uh, we could also then interact with uh, Dietmar and it's also uh, for me quite easy to to talk to entrepreneurs you know yeah. having also gone the rough pathway you know like like uh, Gates and Hop and things like that. People you like you speak that. the same language. We speak the same language, you know. And and I could also speak how hard it is, you know, how hard it is to get uh, followers, you know, or, or get really uh, believers in this technology. So I was really telling him, you know, it's more or less the same like SAP. You know, SAP was also knowing to nobody at the beginning. Nobody was thinking, what what should we do with that uh, that stuff? And uh, you had to really educate people for that, you know. And now it's really one of the most important uh, uh, computer languages um, everybody uses in the whole world. And the same for RNA. Yeah. RNA, nobody knows about RNA, but RNA is. Uh, important for for every organism for every living for every every being um, plants animals everybody and there's not a lot of research out there you know there's no medicine out there there's a huge potential and i really told him that's a real revolution uh, although it's it's, <laughs> it's hard to tell that it, it is at the beginning of these things but i have seen the picture um and uh, so then he was really uh, looking to friedrich so saying well Okay, um, I, I believe this guy. I wanna, in, I wanna invest this guy. So this was really the the the, the rebirth of of the real CureVac. So then, yeah. 
then we seized all the service businesses and then we were really focusing us on, on cancer. Uh, so we right, were starting right. cancer trials. Yeah. So Dittmar Hopp basically becomes your venture capitalist. I mean, he keeps the, your company alive for, I don't know, 10 years or more, just putting the uh, money more. in yeah. more, right? He's your main funder for, yeah, 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 for yeah. 10, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. 20 years. Yeah, I have to say 20 years. Yeah. I, I think you told me he put something like maybe $100 million into that. Um, maybe that's a big, uh, too much, but uh, yeah, he, he puts, he puts of course, a reasonable uh, sum of money, uh, quite a lot of money uh, into Quebec. And this was really also uh, for, from, from the very small, tiny startup into a real, uh, more or less, biopharma company. Um, this was uh, something which was really changing the whole, the whole company. Also, yeah. there were challenges all, to, to all of us and also in the management, uh, we were challenged, uh, you know, that's because we were small guys from the universities, uh, we, we never built such big thing, you know, and so this was also kind of a challenge um, for for the whole team. Um, and also there, we had to exchange uh, people from the team all, always here. So it was kind of evolution uh, in the end. But um, the, 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 the real thing was, and the good thing is, uh, in comparison to other VC companies, that he was a strong believer in that. You know, yeah, he, he had really a, a, a power to uh, also to to see um, the, the the bad data uh, because the first trials uh, just, they, they were horrible. You know, there was no outcome at all. Um, so um, these are can these are cancer trials. The, the cancer trials, yeah, um, where I see nothing, you know, and uh, so other investors, I don't know whether they they they, they would have um, uh, continued, but but Dietmar really believes in it, and he really continued. I think I think I read someplace too that uh, you mentioned, in looking back in retrospect, that you know cancer was maybe not the place to start your clinical trials. I think a lot of companies maybe do that, where they think, well, let's go after cancer because why? I mean, why? Not? It's a huge unmet need. All this, you know, cancer is such a scourge. But you know we don't understand it very well even today, and that it's really hard to tackle, especially with a brand new modality like if you're yeah. studying on mRNA. Yeah. You think that's yeah. true? Yeah, completely. That's that's true. And but there's no choice somehow. You know, you you need to have uh, some human beings to, to to test your drug substance substance. And and outside of cancer, it gets really hard uh, to find volunteers uh, or to find mm. a disease which is not life threatening. It's it's really not possible in terms of regulations. So the only so-called easy way is really to to get uh, treated cancer patients in the end of their disease you know you can get access to somebody who tried everything you know and, and nothing really helped so yeah therefore this is some of the reasons uh, why the regulations are, are much easier to fulfill in terms of new kind of drugs than really using drugs to um, healthy volunteers um, and this was also it, it wasn't really it wasn't really a cancer because I was also believing in vaccines uh, in the very day in the very beginning and I was also believing there's a lot of things to do in, in the vaccine stuff also to mix for example vaccines into one track you know have a one-shot vaccine for everything um, but um, and then in the end we came up with cancer because this was easier to regulate I, I don't know like I know that uh, in 2018 you stepped down as CEO but I don't really know how far you were in, in your clinical programs at that point well, 2018, we had some uh, clinical uh, phase two data in cancer, prostate cancer, for example. Um, but uh, again, this data, they weren't really compelling as they should. Um, so it, it was, we were kind of in a depression, uh, mm -hmm. how to continue, you know, what is what next and what's the right cancer indication where I should go. And also, you know, using uh, the, the, the vulnerable uh, cancer patients treated a lot with uh, radiotherapy, chemotherapy, you know, and one of the reasons was also that uh, it was difficult for them to mount any immune response anymore. We could also measure that, you know, um, so we had to find a way how to get to healthy volunteers. And this was also one of the reasons why we adapted rabies um, as one of the programs, I think seven years back, something like that. Because in rabies, it was clear uh, we can measure uh, an immune response. It's possible. We can use also healthy volunteers, you know. It's a clear defined vaccine where we also have, can have a control with a rabies vaccine on the market. So this was one of the reasons why we switched to rabies. Um, it was not a product, but it was a kind of proof of concept vaccine. Mm -hmm. And that's where you were in 2018. You, you yeah. had the, the phase yeah. phase two readout for your, uh, I guess it was yeah. refractory prostate cancer. I'm assuming. Yeah, we had also non-small cell lung cancer and prostate uh -huh. cancer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. 
because the last time you and I spoke, you were still CEO. When, did you take a step back from CEO or did you leave the company completely? It, at, at that time, um, because we thought, you know, we should have a stronger presence in the U.S. Uh, since we were also, sh uh, we, we, were, we were knowing that we need more money. And the, the, the thing is whether we in Germany can really have enough money um, to get uh, to an IPO stage uh, where we should go. So that was the reason why we hired them in Nigella from the U.S. And also we uh, uh, then uh, had a U.S. branch, or we still have it in Boston, yeah, uh, where then Nigella was uh, staying. And this was the plan at that time that the Demi-Nichella should do the CEO directing the German branch uh, from the US uh, branch uh, in Boston. And uh, and then um, then was leading us to the next steps. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there was um, the COVID uh, thing. And uh, so um, this was uh, for in March uh, 2020. And uh, at that time point, um, I was asked by the supervisory board whether I want to jump back to the CEO position because um, there was a lot of knowledge needed now from uh, science space. Yeah, and then Manichella wasn't into much into into the RNA space. He was a good business guy. Yeah. Um, but now the scientific perspective was uh, more needed uh, in the beginning. So this was a decision um, to step back as a CEO, where I was less than one day uh, in the end in this role. Right. So, but you were you were still with CureVac. You were just not CEO. You were CSO, or what was your role? No, no. I was uh, in the advisory uh, supervisory the board. board. I was the head the head of the supervisory board. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So just to to be clear, like there's all the stuff that was in the papers around this. Okay. And it was all so it's these rumors that Donald Trump was going to buy CureVac and move it to the U.S. and and all the vaccines would go to U.S. This was reported in the German papers. CureVac said this isn't true. CureVac said basically what you just said, that we're about to go into a really heavy scientific period for this company. We want our founding scientists back to run it. And that's what exactly. you said too, right? Exactly. It was just a coincidence that he met um, Donald Trump, but the decision was before that already taken uh, in the supervisor report. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that and thinking, no, no, well, look, I don't know what's true or not, but I remember thinking, well, no, that's the founding scientist they're putting back as the CEO of this company. Exactly, exactly. That, that, that's really the, the issue that, that it, it was everything, you know, every, every head's back to the rudder and, and uh, the, the founder has to be on the rudder now and steering the whole company. That was, that was the reason why this was decided. Yeah, yeah was a, I just remember it being a huge mess in the papers. I mean, yeah, you know, the New York Times is on it, but... And then, so then you become CEO, but what happens after that? Well, I was just only one day CEO, and then I went to Berlin, uh, where we were in discussions uh, with uh, the government about uh, the COVID strategy, like also the others as well. Uber was also there. So they were talking to us, you know, what's, what can we do uh, in terms of RNA vaccines uh, to... Um, tackle the, the, the COVID uh, outbreak in, in, in Germany. So this was the reason. And um, and in the night, um, because there was a huge pressure on me, um, uh, I, I had an, uh, a bleeding in my brain, an aneurysm, you know, and I was uh, unconscious uh, in, in the morning. And my assistant Marina try, was trying to call me in the, in the early morning because there was some kind of topic. Topic uh, he wanted, she wanted to talk to me, and she couldn't reach me. So therefore, she was uh, calling the hotel uh, uh, staff, and, and they found me then uh, in the hotel room, unconscious. So in bed, in bed, yeah, yeah, completely, completely uh, unconscious, and uh, so. And and I was there more than one month in in this kind of uh, coma situation in Berlin. Uh, in Berlin, yeah. So they took you right to the hospital. Yeah. And they, was yeah. that a medically induced coma? It was a medical induced coma, yeah. And also they had to stop the bleeding in the brain, so I get also some uh, ruptures in in the brain, and uh, I, I get some uh, surgery there as well. So yeah, it was it was really tough. So I think my, my survival perspective was about 13%, something like that. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, yeah. 95% so, uh, chance of that. Oh, my God. So they don't know how long you were... You, they don't know how long after the, the your aneurysm burst that you were in bed before yeah. they got it. It's hours, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, my, my wife got a telephone call the, the same day, and they told my wife uh, she should come immediately to Berlin. They don't know whether I am still alive at the, at the evening, so they sh she, sh she should rush uh, to see me alive. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It was very bad. Do you have any memory of that month at all? 
No, no, no. I even don't have a memory, you know, at the Berlin time, what, what we did in Berlin, uh, what we were talking about in terms of the RNA uh, uh, vaccines. Uh, oh, before. COVID. Before that. Even that, it's, it's black. I, I don't know what I was doing in Berlin. Uh, I, I read, um, so I was trying to do some research and I came across, this is a German paper, so the translation to English might not have been great, but that uh, you were in the hospital and because of all the importance of CureVac, that they were using a pseudonym for you in the hospital. Yeah. And they Paul were calling Kern. you by a different name. What was the name? Paul Kern. Paul Kern? Paul Kern, yeah. Paul Korn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you, they were calling you that, and you were like, you didn't know, like, why are these people calling me? Almost, who am I? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it was, it was kind of a really uh, bad situation. Uh, I, I lost my name, I lost my personality. Who, who am I? You know, uh, I, I, am I Ingmar Her? Uh, what, what is my role in life? You know, did I found a company, and what's the name of the company? And yeah, it, it was, it was really critical to me. Um, and I, I was really thinking, you know, my, my personality is, is gone. There's nothing, there's nothing left for my personality. So, um, and, and this was because um, they were using this acronym. They're not my real name. Uh, this was also because they had a Russian accent. So there were a lot of Russian uh, people um, helping uh, in the hospital. So, and, and I was really thinking, well, uh, I, I must be in Moscow with the KGB, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm I'm hostage of the KGB in in, in Moscow. <laughs> Could have been by the end, you know. I never know. <laughs> and 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 there's no like you're so in and out of it that there's no time for someone to really talk to you and say, "Here's what's going on." No, you're uh, just sort of floating in and out. Yeah, exactly, floating in and out. I, I'm sure they tried to reach me somehow, but it, it was not going into me, you know. Um, so I was oh really, my God. and and also yeah, I couldn't talk because there was a catheter here in in, in here, here inside a tube, breathing yeah. breathing a tube, yeah, a missing uh, breathing tube inside. And uh, my my wife was there, but I, I could recognize her, so I knew that she was my wife, and I was really whispering to her, "Bring me raus, they bring me um." So. Oh. Give, get me away from here because they they murder me, you know. They oh they, they murder God. me, you know. They they're behind me. So and and you are my wife. You have to rescue me from here. So I was uh, ordering. <laughs> I mean, I I have to say that that must have been terrifying for your wife yeah, too. It, exactly, exactly. So you're a month in the hospital recovering from that. Mm -hmm. How yeah. long? So my, my grandfather had an aneurysm and, and burst, and and it took yeah. him a very long time to recover. I mean, this was obviously decades ago, but. But how long did you have to recover once you're out of the hospital? Well, it's it's so so the the uh, the, the black phase was at the beginning, maybe for for six weeks or eight weeks, something like that, and then I recovered slowly. And then I, I also already I also knew then that I, I was the founder of CureVac, and I was also into the news of CureVac. I was reading the newspapers and things like that. This was after six weeks or eight eight uh, weeks. Um, but then, you know, it was a long process. Um, I was also then uh, put into, into another hospital, in a recovery hospital in Berlin. And then I was put also to Lake Constance into a rehabilitation uh, hospital where I do some reha functions. I do, was doing sport and was doing uh, mind training and things like that. So this lasted quite a long time uh, before I, I could go back to Tübingen to my family. Yeah. Half a year, something like oh, that. Oh, six months. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously if you are in a coma, you're laying down all the time, your body, you know, all the muscles get weak and atrophy. Yeah. So you had to recover the whole thing. You had, as you said, do yeah. exercises and I yeah. mean, you could, did you have to relearn to walk or all those things or, or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was in a wheelchair uh, in Berlin, uh, so really I had to learn uh, again to walk and also get enough strength and powers to to go steps and things like that, force and back. Um, yeah. It, it <laughs> like like a like a child uh, of, of four years age, you know. I really had to 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 do everything again. Also to eat because I couldn't eat because of this here. Uh -huh. So it was all a learning. Everything I learned again. You know, I have to say, you know, having met you before, that you seem very much the same as you were the first time I met you. So that must have been a long way back. 
it's a long way. It's still it's still there. It's still a way to go. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful uh, to everybody, to the clinicians, to the doctors, to my wife. Um, they were really doing a good job with me, and uh, they also were resilient because I'm not an easy guy. <laughs> so I was, I was also claiming things, and uh, I, I was also um, thinking, well. Uh, Maybe it's better to die because I don't want to live like that. You know, I, I kind of this, this depression phase. That's also natural. Yeah, like that's natural, you know, right? That's natural that you get into this depression phase. But um, on the other hand, I'm also a fighter. You know, uh, I'm always a fighter. It was like the beginning of CureVac when I, it wasn't uh, to, accepted to, to that we get into bankruptcy, so we have to do something. And the same was from for my own bankruptcy. You know, it, it's not accepted to die. I, I I need to survive. You know, and and now let's survive. Let's do everything to survive and let's do everything to get back to the guy I know. And uh, I like this guy, you know, the old yeah. thing map. So I want to yeah. get again back the same personality again. So, and, and I really feel that, that there's a pressure in me that I really have to fight for that. Uh, so, and that's something which maybe saved my life as well during the, the hard thing when I had just this 20% uh, chance to survive that um, in me, there was already the, finder, the, the fighter uh, going to the war and fighting against the death. Yeah. So, I mean, because, you know, you're weeks in a, in a hospital, you're weeks laying down, just laying there with the tube in your throat. And, you know, as you said, people get like, I don't, what kind of life is this? T to be <laughs> laying in a, in a bed forever. I don't want this life. And you're saying you felt that, but you're like, I have to get back to that old, that old person that I was. Yeah, and um, also my wife told me uh, during this phase, maybe the, the first six weeks uh, when I could talk through this catheter, I was saying, uh, hey, you know, you have to rescue me. You have, have to find a way uh, to get out of the hospital, you know. Uh, you, you, you should put me in a trolley, you know. You should be, go to the elevator with me um, and, and we should avoid, you know, the, the, the guards at the, the, at the entrance, you know, how we can avoid the guards and things like that. So I was really like, how, how I can do that, how I, how I can get out of this, you know. Um, it was really messy because I still have this fantasy that this is KGB, KGB. It's Russia, yeah, yeah, it's Russia, they're all criminals, you know, and ah, it, it's not a good feeling, I can say, no, I can tell you. No. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. this, so like the, the one given of life is that everybody dies, right? We know that, but we know it in sort of like a opaque way, a vague way. But when something like this happens, it has a way of sort of specifically showing, you know, you, your own mortality. And often after that, people have a completely different outlook on life. And yeah. I'm wondering if that happened to you. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it, it comes now a little bit. So f the first stage of it was really to, to fight, you know, uh, I know I want to have, I want to get back. I want to get back to the person I was. And so, and the thing is really how to accept it. Yeah. That, that you have deficits, uh, and, and how you ca can accept this new role. And, and now I'm, I'm in the phase now really thinking about, well, uh, what's, what's the great, uh, uh reason for life, you know, where you want to go, what are, what are the next goals, where I should go, what, what's family, what's love and things like that. And also, um, these topics I dismissed for a long time. You know, I have twin boys; they are now six years old. Uh, and and if you tell me, you know, how are how were these boys when they were babies? I, I can't tell you because I wasn't there in tubing and I was really traveling around the world. You know, mm -hmm. and also I have no physical, I, I, physiological attachment to this to this to these babies because uh, it's it's, it's Curevac. That's that's my first son. And then uh, the twins, they're my second son, you know, and the first kid, Kubek, Kubek needs a lot of help and protection. So I was really uh, struggling a lot to to go with Kubek. It was really a baby of me. I really felt it. Um, but um, in, in contrast, the boys, they, 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 they didn't get the laugh they, they deserved from me, you know. Um, and also Sarah was telling me, you know, um, you never looked up, you know, you never, you never look up, up our boys. I, I, I'm as a mother, you know, I was alone the whole time, you know, and you were traveling yeah. around. Um, you're not attached to this, to the guys. And this now changed a lot, you know. I'm really, I really feel attached. I know I learned these guys, you know, what kind of personalities they have. And I really liked them and I really felt in love with these guys. So that's a good thing of um, exactly of of this. Um, um, it sort of aneurysm. it flipped it. it, the, it flipped, the kids yeah. and family came above the business yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So the now twins, Cuba huh? gets in the in, yes, and Cuba gets in the background, uh, and now the twins there are where they should be. Yeah, yeah. So I, I at the top, right? <laughs> at the top, yeah. Uh, I read too that um, when you finally had recovered enough, you know, your six months of coming back from this aneurysm, that they you went into Curevac. And they all sort of were like just sort of clapping that you had made it back to the company. 
Yep. This was the, the IPO uh, uh, afternoon. Yeah, uh, this this ah. was this was this was great. Yeah, yeah. So I was invited to come to the uh, IPO functions. Um, also, there was Dietmar Hopp um, at a, at a, at a, at a, um, um, not not in persons, but but from from the uh, com computer uh, space uh, from the from the from the laptop. Uh, yeah, uh, and. Um, yeah, and uh, he was also saying, "Well, it's it's nice to have me back." You know, that's really one uh, one 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 biggest uh, beyond uh, the IPO for sure. But then the next topic is also that Ingmar is back. Yeah, that was that was really good. It was heartaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you you were you're done with CureVac, and you you started something called the Morpho organization. T yeah. Tell me what that's about. That's the Morpho Foundation, yeah. Um, so uh, I, I decided, you know, in my heart, I'm an entrepreneur, um, and even not a pharma manager. You know, steering the the, the the big big ship like CureVac, it's 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 not really my role. Um, so I'm really an entrepreneur. I really want to be narrow to people working with. I will want to be narrow to projects. I understand, and I want to steer these projects. So therefore, uh, the Morpho Foundation is uh, a reinvention of CureVac in uh, in, a, in another uh, scope. And uh, I, I got a bit money from from CureVac, and also we said, well, um, for, we we don't need all the money for for our private uh, reasons. We have enough uh, all for the kids. Um, we have enough to live and things like that. So we will do something good with the money, and that was the reason to found uh, the Mofa Foundation together with Florian von der Mülbe, who is my co-founder of CureVac. So here you can see it's, it's just the next thing, you know. Uh, it's it's like CureVac again. So we are a small yeah. team. We are about six, seven people sitting together talking about uh, what we're doing, where we go, and uh, this spirit I, spirit I really like. And the spirit also I missed in the, the in the huge ship like CureVac. Um, it was hard for me, you know, to get attached to all the projects they were doing. Yeah. Right. So now and this is smaller. You're focused now it's smaller. Really on it. You know, and now you can really feel uh, how does it feel, you know, how you can interact uh, and how you can decide things. And the whole thing is also that we are not dependent on, on money. You know, in Quebec, we always, always were dependent on, on investors. There's also something which narrows your space. Uh, if you always uh, need to discuss things and discuss projects and find arguments and things like that, which is good, of course. It directs you in the right direction, maybe, but on the other hand, it's also bad because some of the decisions are not the right decisions, uh, and you can see it just later. But um, and and here it's it's like that. You know, we can drive it where we want to have it and drive it, and we discuss it together with Florian and his wife and with Sarah and uh, me together, sitting there, and we decide well, so should we spend the money for here or should we spend the money for there? So that's freedom. And yeah. exactly, freedom is also the, the the most important basis of my life. You know, being free, <laughs> something which was not really in CureVac, um, where uh, not, it's not like like jail, but uh, kind of you know, people were telling all the time what I should do and where should I go. And now, after 20 years CureVac, it's the first time again that I'm free as I was uh, in my studies where we started the discussion today yeah that yeah. i could really freely decide what i do what i should go and things like that and now after 20 years i'm just back at the same position and this makes me really happy and this makes me really strong um being my own my own guide again yeah, yeah. so you started morpho with your wife you, you the both with, of you did it together with my wife and with florian and his wife yeah yeah right and so yeah. i the the aim of it is to try to it, it seems like to me to bring art and science to underprivileged children. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's, it's a mixture because, you know, Florian and, and I, I'm into science. And the first attempt was that we think, well, we should go with COVID, you know, and we should really uh, try to uh, get access to CureVax COVID uh, vaccines and then also to distribute these vaccines in underprivileged uh, regions and things like that. But it's, you know, we are not linked to CureVac anymore. And mm -hmm. also uh, CureVac has uh, these problems. So I don't have to speak further. So therefore, we, we switched and say, well, we do something other in, in health uh, things. And we also want to... Um, yeah, and, and my wife, she was uh, at the opera in Stuttgart. She was uh, the, the press uh, refer referent in, in Stuttgart. And so she's really into culture. So we will how we can bring both things together, culture and health. And uh, this is now the journey we're into, that we will uh, invest a lot into health being of uh, children, for example, of underprivileged uh, families that they can also do sport for example uh, they, they can do a lot of culture they get into uh, theater projects um, 
and uh, they work on mental health, for example. They get um, in, into contact with animals and things like that. So it's it's just the beginning, um, and we are just uh, looking for pathways where to go, and also how we can distinguish to other foundations. Um, but it's really fun to do that. Yeah. So also in terms of projects, um, you know, the national projects, we are also into Africa, Uganda, for oh. example. Yeah, uh, going in these regions uh, and um, try to help. Also India. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We 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 uh, urgently wanted to go to India, uh, going directly there and visiting the people and visiting the projects. Uh, during to Omicron, it's not possible this time. But we will uh, then further on. We will do that. And then we will decide what kind of projects we want to invest in. Yeah, India as well. Yeah, I should say this was just founded last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you served just at the beginning stages, building it yeah. again, as you said. Exactly. And some small projects we are now into um, these days. Yeah. Um, that's all I had. This is really good. I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I'll stop this yeah. recording. Hold on. Yeah. Okay, there it is, your first Rounders podcast with Ingmar Her, uh, Many thanks to Ingmar for taking the time and uh, letting me pick his brain and uh, talking about those harrowing aspects of his life. Amazing story. So what else? Well, okay, if you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do it wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Nature Biotechnology and First Rounders. You can also subscribe to our sister podcast, Forum, and our 10-part serial podcast on Stan Crook, the history of antisense, and the terrible disease, spinal muscular atrophy. That is called Hope Lies in Dreams. You can also find that wherever you find your podcast and off the homepage of Nature Biotechnology. If you'd like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Nature Biotech. And I think that is all. That's the end of my housekeeping. I will talk to you on the next one. Thank you and goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.